if you pop off, if, if you really believe that the people are going to really, really put their money and time behind you and you got a nice little team and you pop off, fuck that first deal. It don't even matter. As long as you pop off and you prove that you can make money, you can say, I'm not giving y'all another album until we renegotiate. And I guarantee you, they're going to renegotiate. Hi. I'm Aaron, and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. There we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I was extremely excited. I'm very excited about this episode because I've got the great Flash on the show. And for anyone who doesn't know Flash, I think, you know, you've been sleeping because Flash has a fantastic record in terms of who he's collaborated with, the tracks that he's done. But, you know, notable artists like Styles P, Jada Kiss, Tech, you know, the Rough Riders, Ransom, literally the list goes on and on. So definitely make sure you check him out. And it's an absolute pleasure to have such an accomplished artist on the show. Um, but man, yeah, how does it feel, you know, being in the industry for a long time and brushing shoulders with so many artists that, you know, we look back on today and go, damn, that they were all and they all still drop five music. Um, you know, it, I mean, it feels good, man. I've been doing this for a very long time. Um, it just feels good to be able to still do it. You know, it feels like, it feels like, you know, just being able to still get back on that basketball court after, after retiring, you know, but I've, I've never retired, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, 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 it just feels good to still be able to do it and be respected for what you do. Yeah, because it's an interesting, like, because hip hop is one of the industries that it's not exactly an easy industry to be in, right? Because it's like competition. It's like, you know, the ego. It's like you want to always prove yourself, but to be able to be in it for such a long time and hold your own is like a great accomplishment because I'm sure you see it all the time that artists come in and out a lot. They drop a project, but then they don't have the love or they don't have the skill to maintain it but how do you think you've done it for such a long time um you see i think hip-hop is the only genre of music like pe- pe- people say music and entertainment you know or, or, or like or like or like music and sports but i think hip-hop is the only genre of music that's compared to a sport hip-hop like because it's so competitive you, you, you know what i'm saying and 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 it's a young man's game you know when you look at other genres, genres of music like rock and roll or R and B, like they could they they could they could grow old and you know and be forty and fifty plus years old and still make music and they're never looked at as you know old school or you know what I'm saying that like they're or, or or like they're able to still do it. But with hip hop, it's more like a competitive sport. I think that's why so many you know, sports athletes and, 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 and hip hop artists, you know, it's like, it's like a mess. They say rappers want to be ball players and ball players want to be rappers. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it's like, um, you know, hip hop is so competitive 
So like when the younger generation comes in, it's like, you know, no matter what the older generation says, they'll say, you know, we doing it better. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like it's, it's like comparing a Michael Jordan to a LeBron James or, you know what I'm saying? Or, 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 or a Dr. J to a Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I just, I just feel like, um, and can appreciate to still be here after 30 years in the game. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I started rapping when I was eight years old. So, you know, and I got my first record deal when I was 16 years old. So I've been doing it for a long time and just to still be here and, and being appreciated and still be able to get on that basketball court and, and, you know, play with the young boys, you know, it's just a good feeling. I mean, you have seen ball players throw, throw down bars. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal threw down, I mean, Kobe Bryant has bars, Allen Iverson threw down bars, the list goes on and on of like, Dang, you know, Dame, you Dame, Dame. I, I, I think the best um, NBA rapper right now is Dame Lillard that plays for uh, Portland Trailblazers. I think he's the best rapper right now with bars. You know, it's hard because, like, I don't understand how they got the time. You know, they're playing every second day, they're traveling, and then to be able to write bars as well, as well as, like, you know, perform on a regular basis. Like, you know, being a rapper is a full-time job, let alone being a rapper and being, you know, a professional sports athlete. Yeah, well... You know, a lot of us rappers just don't rap. You know, it, it is it, it, it is a full-time job, but, you know, it, it also is a gift. So, you know, everybody creates in different ways. Like, I'm not the type of artist that goes in the studio, sit down and listen to a beat and write. Like, like I usually write all, all of my songs and all of my rhymes while I'm driving around in the car. You know what I'm saying? So... Maybe a ball player while he's on the court or while he's driving around in the car, while he's sitting back home, you know, you know, by, by the pool or whatever, relaxing. That may be his creative time. So, you know, you never know. Like, you know, I also know artists that like to just go to the studio and sit in the studio and create. But that's never been me. Like I, I, I write 90 percent of my songs driving around in, 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 in my truck, you know. What do you think it is about the truck? Like, is it the road? Is it just like that you don't have to really focus? You can just like, it's like a time for your head to just wander. Uh, I think it's just driving around and being able to think, you know, or, or, or just being outside in general. Like, you know, back when I used to live in, in Harlem or, you know, just like just sitting on a rooftop, something like that, looking at the city, you know, things come to you, you know, when you, when, when, or, or, or it just depends on your environment, whatever your environment is, it might make it be easy to come to you. You know, I can't just sit in the house and, you know, kids running around or, you know, white telling you to grab this or do this or honey, take out the garbage. It's hard to like, you know, it's, it's a lot of things going on. So, you know, I spend a lot of my time just driving around, just listening to beats, thinking, listening to other artists that, you know, I respect or look up to, you know, just to get some inspiration. And I've been doing that since I was younger. You know, I, I, I grew up at an age where I was introduced to hip hop very, very young. So my brothers and, 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 and my sisters, they was into like funkadelic music, like Boosie Collins, Parliament, things of that nature. 
and then came hip hop. Then they got into like Grandmaster Flash, Melly Mel. And, and this was not like, and I'm able to remember this because I, I was a baby and they was teaching this to me and my older brother's raps. So I'm kind of like a, you know, a product of, 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 of the older era where I was kind of taught to be an MC. You know, I get younger generation now, they, they, they ask me like, well, how do you do it? Like, can you teach me? And it's hard for me to really teach them how to be an MC. I think it's kind of like a gift, you know? You know, my brother had a gift and he was very good at it. You know, he fell victim to the streets or whatever, but he taught me at a very young age and it's something that stuck with me from back then. So, you know, I'm, I'm very, very well inclined with hip hop and, you know, it was just a blessing to have that, you know, like it's, 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 you know, I, 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 I tell the younger generation now, like a, a, a lot of the um younger generation think that our generation don't mess with them because of the, you know, the sound of music or, but I, 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 I it's, it's not about that. I just want the younger generation to just have some type of substance with what they say. You know, the sound evolves. Hip hop now doesn't sound like it was. And, you know, hip hop in the 90s didn't sound like hip hop in the 80s. Hip hop in the in the 90s don't sound like it was in the 2000s. So the sound will evolve. But I think that the four elements of hip hop, which is breakdancing, graffiti, DJing and MCing, they should all be there. So I think when it comes to MCing, you, you, you should always be able to say something of substance to make, you know, to touch people, you know, songs that will last forever. You know? Yeah, I think because I've had this conversation a few times, but like I agree with you that like the the thing is you want the genre to evolve because that's why hip hop is so big and so popular is because it continues to change and it embraces creativity. It embraces, you know, people doing interesting things. And I look at other genres of music and I'm like, it's been stagnant for 30 years. It hasn't really changed in terms of hasn't embraced technology. It hasn't embraced the things that hip hop does embrace. Um, but I agree. I think a lot of the challenge, especially for, you know, people who grew up on the nineties music and two thousands is like, it was so lyrically heavy. It was so content heavy. You know, you can see multi-syllable rhymes, you can see rhyme schemes. And then now they've used their voice in a different way. So they don't have the same technical aspect, but what they bring is like this unique sound. They're starting like, I look at Travis Scott. I think he changed the game in the way he used auto tune in the way he used his voice to just encapsulate, you know, the masses and encapsulate the younger generation. But it does sometimes miss the, the potency of like technical hip hop skill that the genre was built on. So I think that's like the bridge that is almost trying to be, you know, brought together. Absolutely. I mean, I think, like I said, it's a sport, you know, in, 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 in sports change, you know, it's like saying like now, like it's, it's just like, look at how the NBA players take rest and don't play games or they crying about fouls and they don't play as hard. You know, it doesn't take nothing away from that. You're a great player. I just think that you're not, you know, it, it just dilutes the sport. You know, it's like, you know, when you take away the lyricism in hip hop, I think it dilute, it, you know, it's just diluting it. You know, it's just it's just keep it keeps watering it down and watering it down more and more, you know. But but like you mentioned, like Travis Scott and, you know, like, like even though he's not the most super lyrical person, 
he he still has songs where he's saying things and you know and touching people and making them become fans out of what he says more than just he has a dope melody. You know what I'm saying? Like I give it to the younger generation. They came up with that having a melody and things like that 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 will catch people first. So not only is the beat a beat, you can also be a beat. So they're just vibing the more of, of, of how you're saying it than what you're saying. So, but just imagine if they could vibe to the beat, how you're saying it, and what you're saying. That would make you even more of a greater artist. You know what I'm saying? Triple threat. I agree with you. That, I mean, that's the challenge is like, because it, and also at the same time, you know, different hip hop for different moods. You know, sometimes yeah. you don't want to have, you know, in-depth you know, messaging. Sometimes you just want to sit back, relax, and just have a vibe. Have a good time. Have a vibe. Or whatever vibe you're in. And it's like, you know, at a party, do you want to be listening to that kind of stuff? It's like, it just depends. So I think, you know, it's good because you've got whatever you want for any mood that you're in. So I only think it gets better. But why do you think other genres haven't evolved in the same way? Because, like, hip-hop is evolving literally every single day. It keeps changing. It keeps molding. New artists try to do different things. But why do you think hip-hop specifically does it so well and other genres tend to struggle? I mean, number one, it's because, I, like I said, it's, it's, it's like a sport. It's, it's a young man's game. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, most, most other genres, and, 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 and if you look at it, like, you know, if you look at R&B music, country music, they are taking on hip hop. Like they're, they're, they're putting hip hop into what they do. You know what I'm saying? Like even rock and roll, like, you know, I, I, I grew up when rock and roll was like the Van Helens and Aerosmiths and shit like that. And then it, it, it evolved into hip hop turning into like, like rock and roll turning into hip hop. It's like, you know, even country music turns into hip hop. And I, I, I just think that, Hip hop evolves more because it's a young. It's it, I think it's just a young man's game, and you know the young people's the young people is the is is the ones that say what's hot on the street. You know, I just think it just changed more now with the internet, social media, you know, shit like that. To where when I had to come in a game, like you had to be what was hot, like like whatever the whatever the elders over you said was hot. Like you couldn't just say, oh shit, I'm hot. I'm gonna throw this out and just and just make this shit and everybody's gonna be into it. No, if 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 I wanted to get on, I had to go through certain chambers in order to get on, in order for people to respect me. Nowadays, you can say, I don't care what nobody say, I'm gonna put this on the internet, put some type of gimmick behind it, and if it takes off, it's not even about the music anymore. You understand what I'm saying? So I think that it's I think that nowadays it's it's lesser about the music and more about more about just how the music is presented. I don't want to say a gimmick or shit like that because that people think you hating, but I'm just saying it's like if you if 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 you could present the music in a way where the people take to it and you throwing some type of crazy video behind it, everybody's like, ah, they're paying attention more to the video, which makes them like your music more. It's like it's it's like a distraction, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying like everything has to be super lyrical or 
or, or super substance because when I grew up, we had party rappers, we had conscious rappers, we had gangster rappers, we had we had all type of rap. But now it's like once one thing hits, the whole world tries to do that, and now everything sounds the same. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think it's sales now and marketing. That's what it is. It's like it's got business behind it, like big business behind it. That's the, I think that's the big change is like now you've got corporates and now you've got real big machines that can push certain looks. They can push certain vibes. And so like if they feel that you represent a certain market, they can push you regardless of whether the music is really hot or not. That's the yeah, real change, I think. I, I don't think it's like if, if the music is hot or not. I think if you could push the market that they want you to push. Well, yeah, I mean, how many say? artists get I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm saying in my day, there was, like I said, there, there was gangster rappers who could be rich. There were conscious rappers who could make it and be rich. There were party rappers who could make it and be rich. But now it's like, it's, it's, it's not what's hot or not, it's what they want to push. Yeah, they so they want to push a bunch of gun gun talking and killing people, and you know I'm not down on anybody that does this type of shit. But if you look at what's popular now, drill rap and drug rap and what took over, you understand what I'm saying? They pushing that, and that's that's who 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 who's ever pushing that. Like you said, the corporate, that's their agenda. That don't mean that it's hot. Well, that means you that it's can, popular. You, you could beat something in someone's head enough to where they say, this shit must be hot because I hear it all the goddamn time. You understand what I'm saying? That don't mean that it's really hot. You know what but I'm saying? To be that, fair, that, that on the flip really side, good. I agree. But on the flip side, you have more independent artists than you've ever had before. Like now you've okay. got artists who can, you know, push their own music on their own independent label you know, people like Tech Nine really showed that it could be done. You know, he's been tech is dope though. But yeah. tech is hip hop. But that's what I mean. So you, you can still be independent. So I think it's like you get the good and the bad because you've got the big corporate machines, but with technology and the internet, like we wouldn't be able to do this 30 years ago, right? So like you can now push your music without having to have a big corporate machine behind you. And you can still do a really good job. And you can you may not ever be as big as like you know your drakes your Nicki minajs like those people but you can still make a a career off being independent and i think before that would have been really difficult i think before would have been really difficult but i think it was better before i think it's better now for the artists as far as you're able to do what you want to do and you know see your residuals and how you you know should see them but it's so oversaturated with bullshit and with so much shit that like everything that's like most of the shit that's really, 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 really good. It's hard to get out there because it's oversaturated with bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it's now is the time for the independent artists. Right. But without really like a good machine or it, it's, it's still, it ain't what you know, it's who, you know, in order to get out there, you know what I'm saying? Somebody might luck up and, you know, put something on the internet and it, and it, and it, and it, and it, and it takes off. But it was a reason it took off. 
I've, I've, I don't know. I very seldom see somebody just put something on the internet and then kaboom, like something was behind it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think what happens is they put something up, it goes, it gets attention, and then somebody captures that. A machine goes, there's potential here, and they push Absolutely. it. So yeah. I agree. I think it's not like, I mean, these days, you know, if if you that's lucky to me. Like, yes, it's really good, but like that that success story is extremely rare. For the most part, you're gonna have to grind, and you're gonna have to, you know, drop mixtapes, EPs. You're gonna yeah. have to really, you know, start distributing. You gotta develop your sound, your look. Like, it's it's tough. Maybe I think I think that that was that was my day developing a sound and. You know, and 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 you look and grinding and getting out here and touching people on the road. Now you got people not even thinking about the music they created. They like, how can I, how can I make this TikTok go viral? And then whatever song I have on my TikTok, that will be the one. Like you're thinking about that more than is this really good music? You understand what I'm saying? It's like it's 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 a competition more to be popular before being good. That's and that's backwards. I think you should be good and be and be and, and be good first. Then then if you're really good, then you should be popular. You you got people who become internet stars first, and then their autorial motive is was to be an artist. But they're artists, but because they got on the internet. And ran through the grocery store and jumped on a bunch of tables and threw some groceries and all of that. And they got a million followers. Now, here's my new single. You understand what I'm saying? It's a totally yeah. different game. It's just a totally different game. It's it's attention capture. It's like, I got to capture attention first. And then, yeah, that's what it is. It's like a funnel. It's like, you know, if I can have a skit or I can have a joke or I can have something that like captures people's attention then like, you know, even if it's, if it's a hundred thousand and you get 1% of those, it's a thousand people that listen to your music. And so Absolutely. that's like, you know, it's, it, that's the attitude right now. And I do agree that that is definitely, but it's also really challenging because like yeah. as an artist, you're like, and you know, how many artists legitimately have those personalities where if it wasn't a need to do it, they wouldn't do it. Like so many artists are like, if I had it my way, all I would do is create and then people would listen to my music and based on how good it is, that's what people would decide. But you can't do that anymore because you need people's attention. You need people's attention. But I, I, I just feel like because it's so attention based that they're, they're, they're comparing all artists. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like, I, you know, like, you know, not that you should put an artist in a box, but like now they're, they're, they're comparing like, Nas's to like the Nas, like they'll 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 put Nas in 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 the same category as you know someone who shouldn't be in this category, like Kodak Black, for the same for the great rap for a rap album of the year. That shouldn't be. It shouldn't go. It shouldn't be like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it it shouldn't be that. That shouldn't be a comparison for hip hop album of the year or whatever. You know you know what I'm saying? So it, it, and because it's so wide now. You know, it's it's. I think that there should look like, like I I I really think that there should be genres in hip hop. If you calling yourself hip hop, you know, because to me everything ain't hip hop. Certain things are extensions of hip hop, but they're not hip hop. 
The same way someone in rock and roll, roll would say songs that got awards for rock and roll awards aren't rock and roll. They, they were hip hop records, but got rock and roll awards, but it's not rock and roll. So I, I feel like there should be extensions of hip hop because these, these things are extensions of, 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 of hip hop, you know? Yeah, I think it's, I think you, you raise a really good point. And I think, you know, that extends to almost, you know, a lot of art and a lot of people talk about the greatest artist, you know, greatest hip hop artist, but like it's gone to the point now where you can't compare, you know, nineties artists and 2020s artists because no, no, it's you such can't a div- because it's such a different genre of music. It's like it doesn't it doesn't take nothing away from the new artists, but I, I just feel like it's a different genre of music of what they do. But it's still great music. Like I don't take nothing away from the new artists. Like I love certain artists, you know what I'm saying? I love the melodies, you know. I love the artists who I say are on the cuffs, like the Drakes and the Kendrick Lamars. Who and J. Cole's who are still able to be lyrical, li- li- you know, lyrical and still have melodies. You know what I'm saying? So they were able to like dabble into this new shit. Nipsey was able to do it. You know what I'm saying? God bless Nipsey. Nipsey was able to do it, you know. And even like artists like, like, let, let, I'm gonna think of some of the new artists that I like. Um, like Roddy Rich, like when like I'll listen to him and he's like melodic, but if you listen to what he's saying, he's really saying something. He has songs about things and his mother and, and getting out of poverty and things like that. I'm just saying like this, there, there are certain artists, though, that shouldn't be in the same category with other artists. You know what I mean? But it, it's, it's just so hard with hip hop. And I think so because the young control it. You know, it it's the number one making money making music genre but you know it's a young man's sport you know so yeah and it's the fastest growing as well it's the number one and it's the fastest growing but like you can see it it invades everything like it is in every ad like you know ads are shit if they don't have a hip-hop track you've got before sport after sport you've got you know the halftime show at the super bowl that was how good was that i mean everybody loved that was that. great that was classic that yeah. was that was that was that was it was just great to see it, you know, and it it, it, it was a beautiful thing for hip hop, man. Hip hop won that night. You know what I'm saying? I don't even care who won the Super Bowl that night. Now, I remember watching it just being like, damn, they got like it was just a spectacle. It really represented hip hop in such a positive way. You know, you had you know, you had Snoop Crip walking like just <laughs> on in front of everybody and like. You know, that it was, was legendary, just, man. Yeah. That was legendary, legendary, legendary. But you know, I think, I think that there's a lane for artists like myself, and um, you know, there's there, there's a lot of young artists coming up, you know, way younger than I am that have something to say. It's just that a lot of them feel like they don't have a lane, to, you know, like really to get it off. So. That's where like me and Tech come in and, you know, people like Ninth Wonder, you know, I know they have jam live records and, you know, just just a lot of people just trying to create avenues, you know, just to get some of the younger artists that really want to be lyrical and and lyricist. And and remember, just being lyrical and being lyricist doesn't mean you have to just be all conscious rap or, you know, or whatever. I'm I'm just saying, like, just 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 say something like just 
just have something with some type of meaning and you know what I mean? And you can still do the other songs too. Like look at Big Sean. Big Sean is super lyrical, but he still does other, you know, you got to be able to do the popular music as well if you want to, you know, feed your family. And 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 I think that's great. Like I do the same thing, but I'm I'm just saying is the powers that be, like you said, those companies, they find things that are, I, you know, it's like a quick get rich scheme and they'll just put it out there and you know what I'm saying? It's, it's no more grooming an artist. It's no more making an artist an artist, making sure that the artist is going to be around a long time. It's like, yo, is this hot? How long can I get money off of it? Let's put it out right now because it's hot right now. And if he's gone in a year or if he's dead in a year because he's talking some gangster shit, whatever, on to the next one. And I just think shit like that is fucked up, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's tough because, like, then I look at the artist and you want the artist to be able to say no, but, like, imagine you being presented with that opportunity. Everyone's going to say yes to that. doesn't matter who you are. They, they give you cash. They give you fame. They give you everything that you ever want, especially because, you know, hip-hop traditionally comes from the streets. It comes from people who are not in a privileged situation. So they've never seen the type of things that they've been exposed to. So like, you know, you would sign your life away for the millions, for, you know, the attention. You All of a sudden, you know, you can buy shit that you never thought you could ever buy ever. And now all of a sudden, you know, that's possible. So, you know, it is, it is good because it gives them that opportunity, but it's really bad because everyone's desperate enough for it. And it, it, like you said, it does dilute the industry because it rewards a view. It rewards a market rather than who is the best or who helps the genre the most. I think that's where the challenge is. Yeah. Like fuck the, and it, it dilutes the art form, you know, like it's like you're taking away from the art form, you know, like. Like, there's no way that I could I like when I was first getting record deals and, and coming in the game that I could just come and say whatever I wanted to say, like like we was getting checked for shit, like like the, the record labels would go to the artists they had signed and say, yo, is this, you know what I'm saying? Boom, is it, you know what I mean? Can, can, can you co-sign this? Because they want to break you through their artists. You know, but nowadays it's like, you know, and, and all I'm not saying all artists are like that because all artists aren't like that, you know, but I just think it's just uncontrollable. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's out of your control that, you know, it's, it's, you know, like with the internet, it's like, who are, who am I to say you're not hot when you could put something out and get 2 million views and a label like who, who, who am I? You, you know what I'm saying? Or who is, who is, who is Ghostface? Or who is, who are you? Like, I'm, I'm, I just got a million dollar deal. But back in our day, that would not even be possible. Like superstars aren't even superstars no more, man. Rappers was superheroes to me growing up. You understand? I see them on Instagram so much. Like, like these kids see everybody on Instagram so much when they see them, it's, it's no star factor. You, you, you're seeing everybody's everyday life. Like you feel like you can compete with them. You can fake it to compete with them. People are faking it, you know, you know, to fake it, to make it like people are faking it to compete. Like there is no, there is no, like, I can remember the first time I met Jay-Z or saw, you know, or saw DMX and met DMX. That shit felt crazy to me. But now these kids feel they see people every day. 
They see your lifestyle every day. So the all factor on being a superstar, that shit ain't even, it's not like how it was, man. Well, how was it meeting DMX for the first time? Oh, man, X is, <laughs> I mean, X is, X is, a, is, a, is a man. That's big bro, man. He, I mean, just meeting him for the first time, it was like, I probably was signed to Rough Riders, not even, it might've been probably about three months. And, um, you know, you just like in my day, like you, you just didn't get signed. Like you, you had to like, I was already signed on another label. I was, I was signed to Steve Rifkin at the time when I met D from Rough Riders. So I was signed to Steve Rifkin who owned Loud Records. Then he started um, SRC Records. So he signed myself, Akon, uh, David Banner, and another artist, uh, Grand, Granddaddy South. And um, he signed all of us. And I sat on that label for about almost a year. And uh, the South started emerging and all of that. And that's when that, that, that's when David Banner dropped like, like, like a pent with Lil Flip and that blew up. So when that blew up, it was like shit. The South started coming. Then Bone Crusher came with the bun, and then the South said, "Boom!" You know what I'm saying? The South took over. So Steve, Steve was just like, "Damn, I don't even know how I could break you through." So he, he, I started working with Akon. That's how I got so many records with Akon because we was label mates. This, this is before he blew up, and Locked Up had just came out. But I, I kind of got sick of sitting for a while, and then um, I uh. I, I got an opportunity to meet um, DNY, who are the CEOs of Rough Riders, baby sister. I met her, she heard my music, and, 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 and she took it to her brother and was like, yo, I think, you, you know, I know this guy signed already, but I, I, I think you could work something out with him. So I met him and I started going up to Rough Riders studio. So with 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 real hip hop dudes, it's it's like you could be nice and they could like the music. You could be lyrically ready to go, but they gotta know like if they could fuck with you as a person. So they want to be around you for a minute and all of that. So I started going up there, hanging around for a minute, and then um, they they had a record that uh, I think Scott Storch did it at the time. No, Dr. Dre did it at the time. So it was, a, it was it was a record, and Dr. Dre did it, had Busta Rhymes on the chorus. And DMX was on it, um, Kiss was on it, and and but they but they, you know, they 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 went through some issues or whatever and couldn't clear Buster. So Buster was like, have somebody else do the hook. So I just redid Buster's hook on the record. You know what I'm saying? So I redid Buster's hook on the record, and then it was another artist that Rough Riders was signing at the time, same time as me, named Cartoon, and um, they threw him on the record, and then um, they 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 um couldn't clear the beat or whatever, so then Scott Storch redid the beat, redid the Dr. Dre beat, you know this this industry shit. So I'm I'm giving you some shit, you All know right, what I'm saying? All right. I love so it. You know what I mean? So then Scott Storch redid the Dr. Dre beat. And then, um, and then, uh, I wasn't even signed yet. 
I, I wasn't even technically all the way signed yet. And then it was like, yo, well, you know, th this is a go. And then they picked a couple of my records and put them on a Rough Rider compilation. And then by then I signed. So let's say, let's say all this shit happened in a few months. And then it was like, yo, we're going to fly down to Miami and shoot the video. And that the video was when I first met DMX. You know what I'm saying? I met him at the video. So, you know, and, and, and X is a special dude, man. Like, you know, I, I had to get prepped. I got prepped to meet him. Like, you know, my man D was like, yo, listen, when you meet him here, man, you're going to give him this weed and you're going to be like, yo, what's up, man? Pleasure to meet you, bro. I hand him some weed or whatever. And then, then we started, you know what I mean? I, I got prepped on how to talk to him and, you know, but X is X is a person like you got to prove yourself. He ain't X, X probably ain't fuck with me for like probably the whole first year I was with Rough Riders. It was like you got to prove yourself. You know what I mean? I don't care if you nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I got to see you more and, and fill you out and shit like that. You know what I mean? See, it's so interesting when you tell me stories of like, you know, things not being cleared and like, you know, Buster Rhymes was originally on the hook and then he couldn't get cleared. And then, you know, the Dre beat wasn't cleared. I mean, these are all the things that n fans never think about. Like, this is like the shit that like, you know, I listen to a track and I'm just like, that's a banger of a track. Or I'm like, oh, I wonder why they chose that beat. Or like, I wonder why they did this and did that. But it's like, there's so much that goes in behind the scenes that you will never know about. There's, there's so many beats in so many situations, like there, there, there's so many beats that I've had or I've heard and they were somebody else's beat or or, 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 or or 20 other artists had a chance to get the beat and they didn't pick it. And then this artist picks it and it's, it blows and or, or this artist had the beat and it didn't clear. Like I've, I've seen situations, you know, I don't want to say no names, but, but you know, Artists know what it is like where, and this is and this is something for up and coming artists that want to get with labels, you know, like you know, get with somebody else and just sign everything over. Like you could do a record with an artist, right? And let's say the artist is a big artist, and you pay that artist fifty thousand dollars for the verse, right? When it comes time for your album to come out. If whatever label that artist is signed to doesn't clear it, that that label might say, "All right, well, I want another fifty thousand before it comes out." And if it, and if you and if you ain't got it, it can't come out. Now that's fifty thousand dollars that you wasted because you already paid the artist fifty thousand dollars. So that mean you can't? That's just, that's just real. So you can't even put out the verse, like, or you just can't. Nah. You just can't do any of that. I mean, you could throw it out. But depending on whatever label that you're dealing with, it might be some consequences. You understand? Like, this is hip hop now. This is some, you know, this is some street shit. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and it's business. So, like, you could throw it out and say it got leaked on a mixtape or some shit like that. But if you've already been dealing with a label trying to clear it and it leaks out, Nine times out of 10, they're going to come see you about that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if, if you're negotiating with an artist and you say, yo, I'm going to pay you $10,000 to do this verse, you need to be like, yo, how much is it going to cost to pay, to clear, and all that other shit? If they're on a major label, because a major label could be like, nah, 
we want to get paid or just know or just know it. I don't want it to come out. It's like how T-Pain said, like, man, I put my career on the line for a lot of you motherfuckers. Because remember, T-Pain oversaturated itself. So I could see his label saying, like, yo, you just can't jump on everything, bro. Like, you got another album coming out. People going to get sick of hearing you. So you just can't jump on anybody's shit. You understand what I'm saying? But when you, when you, if you've been doing this shit all, all your life and then you get on and you, and you, and, and you got all these artists that you fuck with these artists, like you like them and you fuck with them and they willing to say, yo, I'll give you 30,000, I'll give you 50,000, or you just want to do it for free because you be, 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 because you fuck with this artist and you was a fan of them. Your label could say, no, I ain't clearing it. So they better not put it out or I'm going to cease and desist it. And that's it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, don't, I don't know if you saw like the, the young girl Lotto, Lotto from Atlanta. And she was saying like she had a problem clearing a record with one of the artists that was on her album because he was he was he was like trying to holler at her or whatever. And she wasn't feeling it. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he wouldn't clear the record because she wouldn't have sex with him type shit. Like that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that shit, like, you know, I understand the business, right? I understand, like, you know, people making sure that the business side of it, I, I can't, like, that shit is no go. Like, you know, you know, because I, I feel for women in the industry, it is a rough industry to be in because, like, hard, it is, it, I mean, it's hard for male, it's, 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 it's a male-dominant game. It, 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 it's always been like that. It's kind of like a, a, a female getting into the NFL. There is no NFL league. So in order to play football, you got to come play with us. You understand what I'm saying? Like there's a WNBA, there's softball, women's volleyball. You understand? But to get in the NFL, you, you got to come play with us. And, 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 that's, and, that's, and that's hard to do. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, women have done it, man, and, and been strong at it and, be, and, and, and be better than a whole lot of us men. And that's just real. Well, that's because we, you know, we come from a woman. <laughs> well, How like about that? There's, there's, <laughs> because what I love about hip hop is there's no such thing as like anyone can any as in like there's no archetype for what a rapper is. Anyone can be a rapper. It doesn't matter what you look like, where you come from. Anyone can do it if they want to. But it's like, it, but the challenge is that like, because it's so male dominated, men don't really have rules with one another. That's what it is. There's no like, you know, it'll be like, I'll fuck you over to make sure that I stay on top. That's what, you know, we're talking about is like, it's like, I got to make sure that my interest comes out. So if you paid 50,000 and you lose it, that's on you. That's not on me because I got to look after my own interest. But like, you know, it is so rough. I can only imagine what it's like to be an artist. You save up 50 G's or 10,000 or 5,000 and you pay the artist to put the verse. They do it and then it gets blocked. And you've and it's saved. Not, but, but you can't be mad at the artist though. Yeah. Like if, if the artist is on the Interscope or Universal or an Atlantic and you know, and you know like this is a risk, you know what I'm saying? But you may have a budget or something from your label, but it's still money that you're going. It's your money that you're going to have to pay back. But it, but it, it, if if you know it, you know. But it's let like me tell buyer you, beware! Man. It's like buyer beware. But I'm gonna tell you something, man. Just 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 saluting my big brothers D and Y. They ain't never blocked nobody from getting no verses off. 
They ain't never like kiss. Look, look, look how many features Kiss been on. You know what I'm saying? They ain't never say, yo, I need another 200,000 or whatever. And you could do that. I know people who do that all the, all the time because it's just the nature of the business. Because look, you can't get mad at the label though. That's not no bullshit. Because if, if I was the, listen, if I was the label, right? And I put millions of dollars into this artist and I made this artist who he is. And I still haven't recouped yet. But you could go get fifty, hundred thousand dollars for a verse. I need something too because these people wouldn't want a verse from you if I didn't make you right. This is where three sixty deals come in, young artists. You understand? So if you if you can't sell no records and recoup your money, you understand? What I'm saying the label has to get paid back somehow. Yeah. They, they, you know what I'm saying? I heard Steve Harvey say on, 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 on an interview from another podcast, like, yo, when it comes to the music industry and the entertainment industry, there is no back end. You don't never see that back end, bro. It never happens. You barely recoup. Only time there's recoupment is if there's special or Eminem. He might sold enough to recoup, maybe. You understand? Nelly, first album. Shit like that. Shit that go diamond and all this other shit. You, you, you think of the money that the label spends to make you that big. You're always going to be in the red. That's why it's better to blow yourself up if you can. If you have, if, 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 if you know, that's how the South blew up. Like they had a lot of cash that was down there getting street money, putting money into the artists, blowing them up first. So when the labels come at you, you'll be like, yo, look, man, I'm making a million dollars a year dropping three, four albums myself, three albums a year myself, right? You coming off of me a million dollar deal. I'd rather just work hard and drop these three, four albums myself. So you force the label to say, all right, well, look, I'm going to give you a $10 million deal and I'm going to cut you $3 million up front. And, like, and then the bag has to be worth it. You understand what I'm saying? So you're better off building your value first. So when they come, you get as much as you can. The same way that hip hop is a sport. It's just like it's, it's, it's just like sports. I had Donovan McNabb tell me when he signed that 200 some, some, some million dollar deal. You want to get as much as you can up front for your John Hancock because everything else isn't guaranteed. You understand? So build your value to the point where you don't have to sign. God bless, God bless young Gulf Soul. He ain't have to sign. Motherfuckers offer him millions, millions of dollars there. But he said, you know what? I'm comfortable. Why would I give, why would I give over my ownership when I'm gonna make the money that you're giving me right now in the next five years anyway? And still and still own my shit and my kids can own my shit and shit like that. Yeah. You got you you, you gotta do your do, you know. This shit is all lights, cameras, and action, and everybody want to be a star, but you got you, you to gotta learn the business, man. Because it goes back to what we were talking about, that like, you know, you never seen cash in your life, and they offer you a number you never thought about, a number you thought was a dream, whether it be 50000 100000 a million dollars, whatever it is. But like mm -hmm. to you, you, because you've never made that money, it's like a no-brainer. You're like, 100% I'm going to sign, because like this is more money that I can even count. It's more money than I could even think about because I never seen it before. 
And I think 50 Cent said the same thing as you said is like, you know, if you want to make it big, you got to have leverage. And this is like, this is business 101 is like, you need a position of power or some power in order to leverage the best deal that you can. And if you have nothing, then you give away all the power and the label decides all the deal points. They're going to be like, you're an entry level artist. You got no name. You got no fans. We see potential. We're going to back you. So we need X, Y, Z. Whereas like you said, if I am, if I am successful, I may not be the biggest, but if I got fans, if I make money, if I'm doing well, if I'm full-time artist, then you can push back and go, you know what? I can keep doing it my way or you can give me a good bag. And I think that's what people forget about is like, you need to have leverage. Let me give you, let me give you two sides of that coin. Cause I've been on both sides. You know what I'm saying? I've got big bags and I've had to take risks for bags. And when I say that, I, I, I say like, okay, let's say you're an artist and you know you hot and you really believe in yourself, but you may not have the, the dope dealer to put the bag behind you, right? You might not know what it takes to pay marketing do, to do what you need on social media to get you blew up. You, you might not have the money, right? Most artists from my era and, and, and a little bit after, I'm talking like, you know, the Nellies and all that, because that, that, that's still my era. Your initial deal is going to be not in your favor. Even when you even when you get the bag, that, that deal is not in your favor. But let's say you ain't even getting the bag. You're doing a regular deal, right? And you're getting $100,000 advance. And you're getting a budget. And none of the points are in your favor, right? But you believe in the people that you're signing with. Okay. Like I believed in, I believed in Steve Rifkin. I believed in Rough Riders. I don't know if you know, I, I, I was signed to Juan Gay from Boys the Men before all of that shit. I believed in everybody because I believed that they believed in me. Okay. The reason why I never took off like I was supposed to is because they have other business situations going on. You understand what I'm saying? That I, that they involved me in. Because you got to understand when, when you sign deals with labels, you might be worked into a deal with four other artists. You understand what I'm saying? So it might be it, it, like it was, it was me, DMX, Dragon, E, you know what I'm saying? So if they didn't do what they were supposed to do, I would never get a chance. But let's say you're not even in that situation. It's just you. And you believe in yourself. If you pop off, if, if you really believe that the people are going to really, really put their money and time behind you and you got a nice little team and you pop off, fuck that first deal. It don't even matter. As long as you pop off and you prove that you can make money, you can say, I'm not giving y'all another album until we renegotiate. And I guarantee you, they're going to renegotiate. You understand? So it's that's with business. That's with anything. Once you prove that you are an asset, you know what I mean? You, you, you have some value. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what you signed on that day. You can say, I'm not giving you another album. I see Prodigy tell Steve Rifkin when, when, when he was turning it, and I see like, yo, I ain't giving you the album unless you give me another 100,000. And the album's done. Like, 
type shit. Remember, you 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 have leverage as an artist as well once you prove your worth. So you can prove your worth before or after. So it's a catch-22. Sometimes you might believe in the people that's going to put the money up for you. And you say, all right, cool. I'm I'm going to sign this away. I'm going to sign this away just to make sure that they get their bread back. But if you really believe in yourself that they're going to put their effort behind you and they really believe in you and you pop off, you could just come back to the table and say, yo, look, man, we need to, we, you know, I need more than 16 points. I need more than this. I need, I, 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 you know, next album I need this. We, 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 we got to renegotiate everything. Or I'll just wait it out. Just like professional athletes do. They wait out their contracts. Eventually, they need you because you're the money. You're the ones that's going to help them win. So they're going to come back and be like, all right, well, no, no, no. Let's, you know what I'm saying? It's business at the end of the day. And then on the flip side, if you don't pop off, then the label can hold your shit back and shelve you and not release your music because they're like, hey, we ain't get return on this. And really? you didn't pop off like you said you would and it's not coming. And like, I feel for those, like I spoke to John Connor and he was on Dre for five years and that album was never released. And it's like, he sat there for five years and, you know, he has a great attitude now and he's independent now, but like, I'm only imagining what it would have been like to see. I mean, imagine getting signed by Dre, his name precedes him. And then you go, you're like, this could be the deal of a lifetime. This could make my career. I can go huge. And then it doesn't work out. And it's like, he's starting again because no one heard from him for five years. And it's yeah, like, but you ain't got to sit though. I, I mean, I, I can't speak on John Connor's situation, but Joel Ortiz was in the same situation. Like you, you got, you got, you got to work your ass off, work your ass out that deal. Sometimes it's a catch 22. You know what I'm saying? Like, Joel Ortiz was on Aftermath as well. He sat, he sat, but you, but some, sometimes you could just work. I, I, I don't know his business, you know what I'm saying? But, you know. Yeah. Any I mean, any, any label I was on, man, that I wanted to be off of, I, I, I just went and asked him, like, yo, man, can you set me free? Like, and just, and just asked him, like, yo, like, if you're not going to do nothing with me, why hold up my life? But, who knows? John Connor might not have been working. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's 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 like you could if, if you got an album and it's done and it's never coming out. You know what I'm saying? Either either Dre didn't like the album, or or it it it, it could have been a, like you with Dre. So Dre could pull the trigger if he want to. You understand what I'm saying? So it's it's you you never know what that situation really is. Like I wouldn't have sat for five years, man. You could work your way out of that. He he can't stop you from doing music, but he can stop you from dropping something on, stop you from going to get another bag from another company. You understand what I'm saying? He he definitely can stop that. But you could go, you you could work your ass off. I was with Steve Rifkin, you know what I'm saying? Like you could work your ass off and go get a bag from another company and, another, and the other company will come and buy you out that situation if you're worth it. I think sometimes it's like, you know, and and I look at, you know, Kendrick's with Dre right now and how long we've been waiting for the Kendrick album. They were saying last year they dropped the Kendrick album. So, like, you know, it's not uncommon even for the big artists for their albums to, like, just they get pushed back 
for whatever reason. And then, you know, one year turns into two, it turns into three. And all of a sudden you ain't heard shit. I think Kendrick just wants his independence because of his worth. Remember, I told you, like, he's proved that he can make money. So I personally, I don't know that situation, but I personally just think that he wants a better contract than what he's in. You understand what I'm saying? A better piece of what he's getting. You understand what I'm saying? Like he, like I'm sure, I'm sure if he, I'm, I don't think Aftermath is holding his album back. You understand what I'm saying? I think that he just wants, you know, I think he wants his independence because he is who he is. He he's proven that he can make money. Yeah. You know what I mean, well, that's an interesting point. It's probably something I haven't, I didn't think about. Is like, you know, potentially he's renegotiating and he's going, hey, we ain't dropping this until you know X Y Z is met. Well, you know, he he voices his opinion that this this gonna be his last album. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta also remember this. Like, also once you once you are once once you prove that you're lucrative as well, like a label don't have to renegotiate with you. You know, so you might just have to figure out how you can um how you can um if you sign for five albums, give them five albums. You know what I'm saying? Give them a give them a another album and a greatest hits album. That counts. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta figure your way out of the contract. But I, I I just personally think that Kendrick wants his independence. You know what I'm saying? It's like Pusha T. Like he ain't he ain't on good music no more. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure Kanye didn't have to do that. He only dropped like two albums on 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 good music, you know? Like, you know, even the big Sean situation, like. I, I think people just realize how much money that they're missing and they just want their independence, you know? So, so they're either willing to wait out the time, but I, I don't really think there's no time on it, you know? Babe, is it time on, on contracts when, when it comes to albums or you just got to fulfill the albums? It varies. It varies. Right, right. Right, right. You see, my wife, my wife is my is my lawyer. You know what I'm saying? So you know, she knows the business up and down. You know, she she you my wife it is, varies. What yeah, it varies. It varies. It depends on how many how many how many albums you sign for, how many years. Because you could say I signed for five albums in 10 years. You feel me? Or five albums in it matters, you know what I'm saying? It matters on how you negotiate your contracts. Even with artists that I deal with now, when I give them a contract, I always tell them, like, this is negotiable. Like, you can, don't just take this and be like, ah, oh, fuck. No, let's negotiate, you know what I'm saying? I try to teach them, like, yo, know your worth. Come back and, you know what I'm saying? Give this to your lawyer and let your lawyer talk to my lawyer. You know what I'm saying? So I think that it, 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 it just varies. Like, you can sign for five albums, and um, but you could say in a contract, if I recoup what I already spent, then I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like the way Puff and Jay-Z did it when they first did they, and they did major label deals. You know, I and I and I think back then they both were smart because they only took about two million dollars. I think Puff first shit was two million dollars. I think Jay-Z shit was two million dollars, but they both, but they both paid them back off of the first albums that they released. You understand what I'm saying? Like Puff paid that two million back off of Craig Mack and Biggie, and that's when he got the thirty million from Arista. And then Jay Z paid his shit back to Priority, 
You know what I'm saying? That's that's what he was able to pay them back and leave them because he paid them back. Now I owe you shit. And then he went to Duck Jam. You understand what I'm saying? But a lot of artists aren't able to be that successful or even to have some other money in the stash to where, okay, I'm 500,000 short or I'm 250,000 short and pay my way out of this so I can go over here. You know what I'm saying? It's just crazy, man. The industry's crazy, man. You know, yeah, people it's... always ask questions. I love it. Like, because it's, because it's more than music. It's like all these, these things like I love listening to because it's like all the shit that I never thought about. It's all the shit that like you only know if you live it. Like, it, it, or unless like you talk to someone like you who's lived it and who's in the industry, but like, you know, the regular person, the regular fan, there's no way of them knowing because they, they haven't experienced it. They haven't, you know, and there's honestly, you know, people don't talk about it that much because it's not something cool to talk about. You know, it's not cool no, to no. say it's rough. It's not cool to say, you know, talk about how much money is at stake and how much, you know, you owe one and it's not cool. So like they just don't discuss it. So I think like the more we talk about it, the better it is because you want artists to know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, that's why me and Tech really started this culture pushes thing that we're doing, you know, our, our label. You know, we're just trying to really just push the culture forward and, you know, like bring people together and, you know, just teach each other and, and, and vibe off each other. You know, like, you know, like, like. I always said, I, like, this, this is something I always wanted to do. I, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and, and give back to the artist. I wish I would have been able to do it back when the, when, when, when the game was the game, like, before all this shit now, like, 360 deals. Like, I'm going to just keep it honest. 360 deals, they're not good, right? But if you if you look at the game, right, and let's say you sign with someone, they put all the money up for you, right? They help you blow up. Where does that company that put the money up from you get their money back from when there's no album sales? Streams don't pay shit. So if they didn't get money off of shows, merch, publishing or whatever it may be, how would a company recoup? Now, back in the day, in my day, you sign a record deal, they take 50% of your publishing, they take 50%, because think about it, they're getting, they're selling albums for $12.99, $10.99, $9.99, you're getting 11 cents, 16 cents, okay? It's going to be impossible for you to pay back the million dollars that they spent to make you who you are. You understand? So for them to take your publishing and shit like that, and they're getting that money off record sales, that's that's robbery. And that's what a lot of motherfuckers was doing back then because that's how they was taught to do it, but that was wrong. But I know a lot of industry dudes that wasn't doing it like that. Steve Rifkin, like they ain't take no publishing and shit like that. But nowadays, it's like, how does a company that puts all these all this money up for you or you know and blows you up how do they get their money back how there's no way unless they can get a percentage of everything that you make now i'm not saying that it has to be 50% this is where you got to negotiate 
The industry changes with the times. You understand what I'm saying? Once you start going to these major labels, your deal going to be a, a, a 360 deal unless you bring something to the table. You already making money. And you can show them, listen, I'm already making this, so I'm going to be able to pay you back. So you can only get a percentage of this, this, and this. If you're not doing that, and a label says, listen, I'm going to sign you to a deal. It's going to be a 360 deal, and I'm going to give you $1 million in advance. Think about that, somebody coming from the hood who ain't had shit. You're going to sign that 360 deal, right? But you might be caught you might be caught up in that shit forever so it's how you negotiate your contract you can say all right this is a 360 deal for two years after two years two albums we we negotiate you have to have people on your team and a good lawyer and things like that sometimes you got to gamble like like you know it's like the game changed man it's like i told you young Dolph felt like he ain't, he ain't have to take that he ain't have to take that back and he didn't. You can slow walk it, but 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 just know that that's how deal that's how record deals are going there. So I I advise you just to get with a good strong team, dudes who believe in you, dudes that's gonna put up some bread for you, and work out your work out your business with them. But always work out your business before y'all move, before you even make a move. Work, work the business out first. It protects everybody. I don't care if you grew up together since y'all was five years old. Business protects everybody, you know? I agree. And before the money comes in, you know, yeah. I, always, I always say, you know, you don't negotiate when the money's on the table. You negotiate when there's no money. When because, there's no money. Because you don't want people who do nothing and don't help you to, to come back later and be like, now there's money on the table. We didn't negotiate and I'm going to call back, you know, you know, that time, you know, at the beginning when I helped you now I want some, some cash, you got to negotiate at the very start. At the very beginning, man, if, if you're going into business with someone and you say, yo, listen, listen, cause you know, it's, it's, this music shit is no guarantee. You know, I'm 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 20 plus years in, man. I'm still doing it. You know, I I I I made money off of it. And I'm gonna continue to make money off of it. I'm gonna continue to shine, but I, I haven't gotten rich off of it. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's 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 no guarantee, man. So I would just really, 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 if this is your passion, man, also make business being your passion as well. You know, I, I, I learned a lot. I, I made some bad decisions, you know, because I wanted to lump some of paper a few times, you know, but that's not something that I would advise someone now. Like, that's why, you know, any artist that I deal with, I just I, I, I call us partners. You know, we, we, we not my artists. We, you know, we partners, we business partners. You know what I mean? I mean, I actually wanted to ask you was like, I noticed on Spotify, your most recent album, the featured artists aren't listed like it's yeah. why is that at that time um i was i was i was i was new to the uh 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 getting on the uh platform thing like you know what i'm saying and uh i had did a record with uh styles p this is before i did i'm a die kingdom 
Because, you know, I'm a Die King, got a lot of features on it. So uh, I did a record with Styles P and the distribution companies, they put you through a whole lot of shit when you got features on it. You know, they just put you through a whole lot of different things, like as far as like getting the art, not, 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 because a lot of the artists I have aren't, aren't even on labels, you know what I'm saying? But they, they want them to clear it. You understand what I'm saying? Like, and it's, and, and, and it, at the time that I wanted to release the album in, I didn't, um, I, I, I didn't have enough time to go back and get everybody to, like, you, you got to send in your IDs, take a picture of yourself, approve it, send it in, and it goes back. And then for all, everybody that I had on the album, it would have took too long. You know what I'm saying? But move, moving forward on our new stuff, everybody will be listed on there. But at that time, I didn't know that you had to go through all that. But I had, I had did a record with Styles P called Fished Up, like the... Not the remix that's on I'm a Die King, but the original album. And they put us through so much to get that cleared. And it was like, shit. Like, I ain't want to keep calling Styles, but I'm like, yo, can you take a picture of yourself? Can you send an ID in? Can you do this? Like, it gets, you know what I'm saying? Like, they already doing you a favor. They already, you know, like, I got you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Send a record. I got you. You know what I'm saying? And then you calling them back, asking them for extra shit. Like, I had too many people on that project to go through that process. In, in the time that I wanted to drop the album in. I could have went through it, but I just I just wanted to release that project. So I gotta tell you, I'm with you. Fucking admin kills me. He kills me. That's that shit was just crazy, man. It was crazy. It. But I'm a, I, I I think I'm gonna re-release that project. I'm gonna re-release it with all remixes. You know what I'm saying? Because that project is crazy. It got a, it got a great response here overseas. So I'm a, um I'm gonna re-release that project with remixes. And then I have everybody on there, and uh, me, 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 and Tech is getting ready to drop a project this summer. A, a, just, just a little EP, you know. We got some people on there. We got Fame from MOP on there, you know. We got, uh, we got Method Man on there, you know what I'm saying? So, it's, it's, it's gonna be a dope project. Well, I think that leads to my last question, and then we can plug some of your stuff because I definitely want to make sure we do that, but. Last question I have for you. It's the only question I plan on the podcast, but if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, it can be any genre, it can't be your music, what would it be? Nazilmatic. That's my favorite album, man. No skips on that one. I probably bought that joint like five times. So many people stole it from me, man. That you know, Nas gave me the feeling, man. When I was a young boy growing up listening to like Rock Kim, you know, like Rock Kim made me change the way I I, I rhyme from the hip hop, yes, yes, y'all, to the beat, y'all, to, to getting more lyrical. He came with the I ain't no joke. I used to let the mic small, like like putting putting the words together in a way that you never heard before. And I think when Nas came with Illmatic, man, it 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 it, it did something for me, man. And I got my record there like a year, like like a year or two after Illmatic came out. And what's crazy is, um, I, I was I was in a group called Cipher Complete. We was on the Lyricist Lounge co- compilation volume one. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with the Lyricist Lounge. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah, the Lyricist Lounge. The, the the first single off that album was Body Rock by uh by uh Common uh Common Tash from the Alcoholics and Most Deaf, but uh. I was in a, I was in a, me, me and the group, Cypher Complete, my man, we was, um, 
We was in unsigned hype. I'm sure you heard of unsigned hype in the source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, 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 we was, we, we had the uh, privilege of being in unsigned hype. You know, Biggie Smalls, Capone, Noriega, Mom, Deep, everybody been on there, and um, and Nas was on the cover, man. That 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 was big for me, man. Nas was on the cover, and we was inside as as, as the hot new artist to be signed, and and uh, we we got signed like months later to Electric Records. Damn. Well, you know, Nas Illmatic is one of the albums that shaped a lot of artists. I mean, it's one of those iconic records that, yeah, you know, man. just changed yeah. the game. It changed the industry. It changed a lot of people's mindset about how to be able to, you know, do their craft. So that, that, that's hip hop for me, man. Like that's crazy. That and off the wall, Michael Jackson is like two of my favorite joints, man. You know? Yeah. I, I, again, hard to complain, but you know, obviously for everyone, Flash came through. Um, please make sure you check him out. You can see him on IG, on Spotify, on all the stream platforms. But man, did you want to plug anything? Did you want to shout out anything before we finish up? Obviously, you know, you're still working. You've been in the industry for 30 plus years. Absolutely. You heard Absolutely. who he's worked with, who he's met, and all these types of things. But man, yeah, anything you want to shout out? Yeah, man, you know, you could just, you know, catch me on IG. Everything is at Flash is Hip Hop. Flash is Hip Hop. Um, I got a new single that's about to drop on the 8th. That's with Tech, myself, and Source Money. You know, I'm sure y'all know who Source Money is from the Rockefeller days. You know, you know, he wrote I'm Missing You for Puffy. You know what I'm saying? Then after that, we got the project coming, CPC Summer, and that's coming uh, in uh, early June. You know what I'm saying? Probably no, probably late June, early, early, early July. And um, just 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 make sure y'all follow, man. We got a lot of shit coming, man. You know what I mean? Follow tech at at tech smokey live, follow culture pushes at at culture pushes collective, and make sure y'all follow myself at Flash's Hip Hop. And then follow the hip hop hustle podcast while you're at it. And make sure y'all follow the, follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit, man. I appreciate you having me, man. No, it's my pleasure. I love speaking to people like yourself who've got... Honestly, I just sit back and I just love hearing everything that you say, the experiences that you've gone through, and you know, I just love the culture, and I just love learning from people such as yourself. Yeah, man, and if, you, and if, and if anybody out there, if you go to my IG, you tap that link, man, it's all my history, a lot of my videos... A lot of, you know, all, you know, songs that I've done with all the Rough Riders, DMX, Cool G Rap, Ransom, Wanye from Boys to Men. The list goes on, man. I got songs with everybody. Fat Joe, Dipshat, Jim Jones, Jewel Santana, Akon. You know, I got, I got records with everybody, man. Y'all could just do your history, man. And, you know, salute, man. I, I appreciate, I appreciate everybody, man. I appreciate any love, any support, man. And I'm going to just continue to give y'all some good music. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.